0: to the Artish Plunge podcast, a podcast exploring the curious relationship between artists and the other professions, jobs, and experiences that have allowed them to plunge into the art they create. I'm your host, Christy Darnell Batani, and today, if I'm being honest, I'm a bit tired and a little cold, and my knees are cranky too. Come to think of it, maybe I'll just skip going to the studio today. But wait, I think I hear the voice of legendary Impressionist painter, Here Auguste Renoir. The pain passes, but the beauty remains. In today's Artish Words episode, we're going to hear from two artists who have written about Renoir and how his physical struggles impacted his art in his later years. First, we're going to head north to hear from Canadian artist Janice Tanton, a self proclaimed full time human being, artist, wife, mom, breast cancer survivor, and a lot of other things. Janice is an interdisciplinary artist who has worked professionally in theater, film, music, vocal performance, graphic design, and now fine art. Janice begins by acknowledging her first introduction to Renoir's work in her blog post, Renoir, Galette, Rod Stewart, and Lefties. From Janice. Probably my first conscious recollection of Renoir's work was through Rod Stewart's A Night on the Town, released in 1976. It was when I was in the middle of my high school career and a hundred years after Renoir created Moulin de Galette. It was pretty much a well-played album in my bedroom, you know, one of those soundtracks to your life. Back in the day, when album covers were actually important and a visual feast with tons of other information, I used to spend hours looking at the visuals while listening to the music. Every young artist actually aspired to create album work, and it was a common project for high school art classes. Stewart inserted himself into Renoir's painting as one of the regular-class Sunday afternoon partiers in the Milan de Galette, a park in the Montmartre section of Paris, popular in its time for Sunday picnics amongst the middle-class and working-class locals. A much less talented artist than Renoir created the image for Stewart's album, but hey, it turned me on to Renoir, and isn't art all about creating unexpected connections, learning and making something new? Pierre-Auguste Renoir lived from 1841 to 1919. What a time he must have had with all the historical events during that time. Just to put it into context, while Renoir was painting Bal de Moulin de Galette, enjoying the modern-day pleasures of Sunday painting in the park in gay Paris, Custer and the 7th Cavalry was half a world away, thinking they could beat down a massive camp of indigenous peoples at the Battle of Greasy Grass. I find that mind-boggling, and both a little pretentious—Custer, that is— And yet, we get a good understanding of what some aspects of the world were like at that time from the stories they tell, orally and visually, about the world events. It was also in 1876 that the Indian Act was passed into law in Canada, and Alexander Graham Bell makes the first long-distance phone call to a shoe store in Paris, Ontario. What? That's out of left field. Speaking of left, let's think of Renoir's quote about working with his left hand and arm. Quote, I am enjoying working with my left hand. It is very amusing, and it's even better than what I would do with the right. I think it was a good thing to have broken my arm. It made me make some progress. Renoir suffered terribly from rheumatoid arthritis and broke his arm not once, but twice. It never stopped him from painting. He became ambidextrous and was surprised at how much better his work was. Renoir painted until the day he died, creating a small still life in the morning he passed. I hope that is me. He is said to have stated, I think I'm finally beginning to know something about painting. Renoir is said to have enjoyed life with great joy in the world around him, despite debilitating pain from the arthritis in his hands and feet. He was twisted and unable to walk from the rheumatoid, and his family members helped him put his brushes in his hands. His palette was attached to his wheelchair as he was unable to stand and move about. Even his canvas was adjusted, And instead of being stretched on one big area, it was rolled, so that he could work on large pieces by unrolling a bit at a time. Ingenious. And driven to paint through all of that pain and immobility to the ripe age of 78. I'm slowing down. I have terrible bouts of excruciating pain in my hands, feet, and bones, as residual pain from my cancer treatment. That's just life now. Renoir is an inspiration to me to keep going work through the pain, and find ways to make art, paint, and find the joy in life. The alternative is like looking into a dark abyss. My hope for all of you, and myself, is that you find that wonderful place in the park where you can capture the mood and joy of life and living, and die with a paintbrush in your opposite hand, eating a fresh fruit galette, and listening to the racy music of your teen life. Rock on like Renoir. Thank you, Janice, for sharing your words and your own experience with pain. Thinking about Janice's hope to die with your paintbrush in your opposite hands reminds me of the fabulous sculptor Louise Bourgeois, who created her last pieces the week before her death at age 98. That's right, 98. I remember looking at some of her large-scale sculptures and deciding, that's what I'm going to do too. I'm going to just keep creating and painting right up until the last day. And speaking of pain, Louise often spoke of pain as the subject of her art. As she said, The subject of pain is the business I'm in, to give meaning and shape to frustration and suffering. The existence of pain cannot be denied. I propose no remedies or excuses. But I digress. Pain passes, but the beauty remains. Back to Renoir. Now I'd like to share the words of Bellevue, Washington artist Valérie Collimore. Valérie is a full-time oil painter who is passionate about the French Impressionist tradition. Having grown up in the south of France, Valérie's work brings with it an authenticity gained through the intimate knowledge of the unique landscapes and seascapes of the French Riviera and Provence. As a former physician, Valérie integrates her background in science to teach the science behind the techniques of the French Impressionists. Let's hear from Valerie as she reflects upon pain, suffering, and most importantly, the simple pleasures of beautiful art. From Valerie. The works of Pierre-Auguste Renoir do not show the great pain and health challenges that he faced, from the onset of his rheumatoid arthritis at the age of 50, through the debilitating impairment that deformed his hands, shoulders, and spine, to his death at age 78, after years of being bound to a wheelchair or carried about in a portable chair. In my opinion, Renoir wanted it this way, wanted us to focus on the beauty of his work, experience it for the simple pleasure of seeing something beautiful, without any frothy, pseudo-academic accompanying explanatory paragraph. Judge for yourself from his quotes. To my mind, a picture should be something pleasant, cheerful, and pretty, yes, pretty. There are too many unpleasant things in life, as it is without creating still more of them. Or another quote, there are quite enough unpleasant things in life without the need to manufacture more. And finally, what seems most significant to me about our movement, Impressionism, is that we have freed painting from the importance of the subject. I am at liberty to paint flowers, and call them flowers, without their needing to tell a story. Valerie goes on to write, I get to wear both the artist's hat and the hat of my former profession as a physician, to share inspiring stories about how Renoir coped with his severe rheumatoid arthritis disease emotionally and physically. Let's start with rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis could be thought of as a life sentence that brings 24-7, life-altering, throbbing pain and steadily worsening deformity in hands, shoulders, back, and other joints of the body. Imagine how it must feel to watch the hands that you make your living from gradually become deformed. Imagine being an innovator and a creative with a work ethic that built an internationally recognized career, and now you have to depend on family members and assistants for personal hygiene and to help strap a paintbrush to your uncooperative hand. Understandably, remaining in good spirits is out of reach for most who suffer from this condition. The often unavoidable depression actually makes the joint pain worse, often leading to an emotional downward spiral towards feelings of hopelessness. The Search for Relief. Most sufferers were motivated to find treatments that would minimize the grinding daily pain and remedies to slow down the destructive forward march of the disease. Renoir was one of these motivated seekers of relief. He regularly traveled to remote spas throughout Europe as part of his treatment regimen until the discomfort from the long trips began to outweigh the small benefit he received from those treatments. In addition to the hand deformities, Renoir's shoulders, elbows, and back became extremely stiff, and later, with abnormal bone fusions occurring in these diseased joints, he lost his ability to stand. If you were presented with the choice of either walking or painting, which would you choose? A few years after losing his ability to stand and walk, a strict treatment regimen overseen by a prominent doctor resulted in Renoir taking a few steps on his own. His memorable statement? It takes all my willpower, and I would have nothing left for painting. And his equally memorable decision, shared with us by his filmmaker's son, Jean, Renoir sacrificed the ability to walk in order to more fully concentrate his energies on painting. A positive mindset. In the face of these horrific health challenges and difficult life decisions, Renoir's mindset remained remarkably positive. Positive. Renoir seems to have had exceptional coping skills, which, in my opinion, came from careful and intelligent thought and planning, as well as from the determination to keep one's naturally cheerful disposition intact. He created a highly supportive environment in his home and studio, surrounding himself with loving family and faithful assistants. His son Jean said that Renoir thrived in an environment where all who surrounded him were engaged in working as hard at their passions as he worked at his. He loved the semi-rural environment of his expansive French Riviera property, with its small working farm, kitchen garden, fruitful olive trees, and pain-relieving moist, hot climate. He brought into his life the positive effects of having pets. Always feeling cold, which explains the heavy coats in many of his photos, he sought the comfort and warmth of his cats, sitting on his lap and chest. And it is said that finding cat hair is one way of verifying the authenticity of Renoir's work during his later years. By continuously focusing on painting and keeping his home life simple and joyful, Renoir was often able to take his mind off his physical limitations and divert his attention away from his pain. It appears that he did not give in to self-pity, nor did he dwell on his disabilities. He used his considerable ingenuity in inventing systems that he needed to pursue his work. Renoir commissioned wheelchairs and seats designed for specific purposes. He describes the wheelchair that helped him assume the optimal position in front of his canvas as not too soft and uncomfortable, yet he soldiered on. He invented an elaborate system that allowed any portion of a large in-progress work to be positioned within his reach. Working around his inability to hold a brush, Renoir had specific areas of his hand bandaged to prevent blisters before an assistant... Often his teenage son Claude placed his brush in just the right position in his clenched hand. When he could no longer hold his palette in his hand or on his knees, Renoir invented a swiveling palette affixed to his wheelchair. Valerie goes on to include in her post a link to an amazing video of actual footage of Renoir in his last year's painting. I will include a link in the show notes, but if you will indulge me for a moment, let me narrate what the video shows. We see Renoir sitting at a desk. We see Renoir with a hat and a cloak and a cigarette, someone lighting it for him, leaning back using his left hand to take a drag. One more. And then a palette being placed on his lap. Someone, probably his son, puts a paintbrush into his right hand and he makes jabbing short movements leaning back to squint, take a look, and lean forward again with more quick, short jabs, dabbing into different puddles on the palate and looking carefully while at the same time every few seconds leaning back and squinting with short, quick motions. After a bit, he seems to ask that the palate be taken away, and he is surrounded by family members or assistants And they chat and look at the painting and talk and smile and laugh. Back to Valerie's observations regarding the video. You can see how the disease has ravaged his hands and that he is in a wheelchair. Valerie reminds us also to note the movements that he is making with his paintbrush as they hold the key to one of Renoir's edge-softening techniques. As she notes, Notice the quick darting movement of Renoir's brush one minute or so into the video. It is as if he is distressing or partially erasing portions of a line while skipping short segments. He also appears to be placing quick, feathery strokes on either side of an imaginary line, an edge-softening technique that suggests a line, as opposed to painting a hard-edge, unbroken, continuous line. Thank you, Valerie, for both sharing that video and your observations, both as an artist and a physician, on Renoir's condition. When Renoir passed away at the age of 78, he left behind over 4,000 remarkable paintings, almost 700 of which were in his studio when he died. For almost 20 years of his career, he worked with and through constant pain, and yet the thing we most associate with his work is soft, sensual beauty. Pretty amazing. Thank you to both Janice and Valerie for allowing me to share their thoughts and writing on Renoir and challenges of aging. You know, it's not a matter of if we will each have our own struggles with aging and its impact on our work, but when. I find these thoughts sneaking into my consciousness from time to time. I'm liking a particular body of work I've been doing lately, but I recognize the physical toll it takes on my neck and shoulders, and I've had to consider the possibility that I might not be able to continue that work into the future. Mostly that seems far-fetched right now, but some mornings when I'm a bit creaky getting out of bed, like today, it feels more possible, if not downright probable. Maybe I'll have to get a Renoir coffee mug. To go beside my RBG mug so that each morning I can visualize each of them as I softly chant the immortal words of Jane Fonda No pain, no gain. Feel the burn. You can see Janice Tanton's artwork and dive into her blog at janestantonblog.com or on Instagram at Jan Tanton. That's J A N T A N T O N. And you can explore the work and writings of Valerie Collymore at ValerieCollymore.com or on Instagram at Valerie Collymore. That's V-A-L-E-R-I-E-C-O-L-L-Y-M-O-R-E. Thanks again for being here. Until next week, stay kind, stay positive, and keep swimming, even if it hurts just a little bit.